When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My name is Ray Park. You may know me as playing Dolphin on the Phantom Menace, Bone Wars, and also Solo at Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, The Force is Strong with you all. And remember, Sith Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best, and may the Force be with you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. My name is David. My name is Kevin Reitzel. And thank you so much, Kevin, for uh, co-hosting this week. Um, you're a friend of the podcast, definitely. You're a member of our Facebook groups, the Marvel Stuff Podcast and the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, you post there. You you post what you work on. You're, you're, I consider you to be a professional podcaster. But what are the podcasts that you uh, run or you participate in? Well, my buddy Kyle and I are the co-founders of the Fandom Podcast Network, and we have about 10 to 12 active shows underneath that umbrella. And uh, a couple of the ones that I uh, I mostly host and produce are our Highlander Blood of Kings podcast, our Couch Potato Theater podcast, which uh, celebrates our favorite movies, uh, Time Warp, which uh, we look back on a, a year of fandom or, or like a uh, a year of movies and we uh, do it in several different parts. Uh, we've all, I've also been the co-host of our true believers, Marvel MCU podcast. I also uh, host our hair metal uh, podcast. So yeah, there's, there's a several others that I'll guest on as well. Union Federation is another one I'll, I'll host from time to time. That's our Orville and Star Trek podcast. So I'm a busy beaver. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of podcasts there. <laughs> we, we do have a, we do have a Star Wars podcast on the network, but uh, the host for that are uh, Scott, Derek and Nathan. Uh, that's their show. We sometimes guest mm-hmm. on it, but uh, we wanted, uh, we wanted someone else to, to host the Star Wars podcast. Yeah, I think the way I discovered you was via Facebook. I think I just sent you a simple friend request and you accepted. Because I think I saw you wearing something similar to this. And I was like, oh, cool. He's like, he's a Raiders fan and he's a Star Wars fan. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, this is your profile that's picture my, right that's now. My main, that's my main social media picture. It's on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, that's what I use. That's the business version. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, yeah, I did see that you did go to the Death Star in Vegas. You visited yes. the Raiders Stadium. Yep. And, I wore something um, a little a little more Mando in that one, yes. <laughs> yeah, that that's so cool. I lo- I'm i a big NFL fan. I love football. And I love it when they do the shots of the crowd. And especially for the Raiders in the black hole, you'll see Vader. You'll see some stormtroopers maybe. And it's, it seems like just like a fun atmosphere. And I've always wanted to go to one of those games and just. It, it really is. I've been to uh, I've been to Oakland several several times before the Raiders uh, moved. And uh, I know a lot of the super fans there, including uh, uh, Vader, you know, uh, Raider Vader and Gorilla Real, all the costume guys and uh, yeah. the black hole down there. And uh, they're planning on uh, having a black hole in the new Raider Stadium there in Las Vegas. And I took a tour of it last May. May 
and it was glorious. And and they love it when costume fans show up. It's it's a lot of fun. Cool. And so expect more of the same now that uh, that stadium will now be able to have full capacity fans. Where last year they had no fans. Mm, yeah, yeah. So if you're listening to us, you can also check us out on YouTube, of course, and you can see all the pictures that I'm putting up here of Kevin. And uh, there was also another interesting picture that I found on your profile. Uh, it was this one right here. Um, yeah, that take it was with a really big Star Wars fan. Apparently, yeah, that's my my good friend Callisto, who's uh, from France, and that was at Star Wars Celebration uh, Anaheim. I think that was in twenty fifteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that is my uh, Mando Raider nerd costume, and I wear that to conventions and, of course, Raider games. And what's funny is I had a, a guy from the Mando Mercs look at my costume and he looks at the, uh, the, the helmet and he goes, your T visor is a little big there. Why is that? Cause normally the Mandos have a right. much smaller T visor. And I say, I custom made it a little bit wider so I can watch football games. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> a yeah. good answer. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, of course we want to talk about last week's, uh, this past week's news and the big story I think here was the Emmy nominations came out and the Mandalorian season two got a whopping 24 primetime Emmy nominations, including outstanding drama series, which I don't know if it shocked you. It kind of shocked me that they got so many, but when you think back on it, it's like, yeah, they should get it. But for me being in movies and being such a big fan of TV movies and always watching these award shows, they kind of, don't lean heavy on sci-fi fantasy. True. I guess you could say back in the early 2000s, the Lord of the Rings kind of broke that kind of glass ceiling where like fantasy sci-fi could get nominated and actually win big. But yeah, it's it's incredible the list of categories that they hit in. They they got if in sci-fi first. usually got a nod. It was always a technical award. Yeah, you know? yeah, sound, yeah. special effects, or something like that. And and yeah. the Mandalorian, uh, most of those are pretty much it. Those are mostly like technical and stuff like that. And it's nice that it did get the the drama series. But I wish it would have got. Did it get an acting nod? I don't think it did. Yes, right? it got a supporting for Giancarlo Esposito. Oh, good. It got okay, special guests for uh, Carl Weathers. And I know it got stunt, uh, a stunt coordination and uh, actor, stunt actor for Latif Crowder. Um, Good. That's yeah, one thing that the uh, Oscars are missing is that stunt category. I wish they yeah. would incorporate that. Yeah. So I I'm, think I'm, every time someone's asked what category do you need to put in for the Oscars, it's stunt. So, yeah, it's it's awesome, man. And here's a little list of the guys here. Oh, oh cool. T- Timothy, Timothy Oliphant. Oliphant. Nice. Yes. Okay, great. I think he might have done the best job in season two for guest acting. And I think he's coming I have back. A, I have, I have, an, I have a, a nominee I would have mentioned. Yeah. And I got to tell you, one of my one of the best acting moments in that entire second series is I would have given it to Bill Burr for that one episode. Yes. Bill yes, Burr you were so right on. nailed that. That yes. was one of the most captivating scenes with him and the old, his old former officer. And uh, I just, he was fantastic in the episode. But I'm really glad, though, that we got some acting nods there. It's about time. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I totally agree. I would have given one to, uh, um, you know, little baby Grogu, too. So, <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, the puppeteers. Yeah. yeah. They did a puppeteering category. I, would that but, fall under effects, I guess, you know? Yeah, it would fall yeah. under effects. And yeah. there is actually a complete list here. Um, 
And I'm just glad yeah, the Mandalorian and Star Wars is getting a little more recognition that way. So, yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, let's see. Outstanding single camera picture editing for a drama series, chapter 11, chapter 13, chapter 15. Um, outstanding prosthetic makeup. Oh, yep. Um, definitely. Yeah, Brian Stipe, Alexi uh, Dimitru, yep. Samantha Ward, Scott Stoddard, Pepe Mora. Uh, I'm really Thomas. excited about that stunt, that stunt nomination. Finally, finally getting some recognition. Yeah. yeah music composition, of course, all the right. traditional stuff they got at Ludwig Gorenson. Of course. Oh man, that guy, that guy has nailed his job. His, yeah. his work on that is fantastic. I mean, he was doing some music, I think for like, um, community and some other places like that, you know? Well, but the man, interesting thing is how he movie. got his start. Yeah. He was actually Ryan Coogler's college roommate. Yeah. 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 That's such a crazy story. And yeah. I, I believe he is from, uh, one of the, uh, Nordic countries like Sweden, Finland, yeah. somewhere around there. Um, happy for that guy. He's good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, he's, yeah, like you said, he kind of just nailed it. I mean, <laughs> the, the amount of pressure, following kind of john williams's like path that he set um he just kind of attacked it and he's a really young guy too he attacked it at the perfect angle i mean yeah. it, it, it's it's an incredible thing that he that he did with the mandalorian just kind of capturing that whole western vibe yeah and growing up i didn't really like westerns my dad loved them and he always had them on and i, I kind of had be, to be there with my action figures kind of <laughs> being, being someone that has a music bra- background i kind of nerded out on that uh season one episode of uh what is it B- behind the scenes for mandalorian that specialized yes. him and he's right. he's using all that old music equipment and stuff like that i thought that was fantastic yeah and the fact that he thought about using a recorder yeah to, to do yeah. To, which is become like the iconic on. sound you yeah. hear yeah yeah that's <laughs> great Love and it. As I that i thought about my kids because my kids had come home from school and they'd have those little recorders and it's like you it's like, never. No one I mean, plays with these, Dad. Yeah. Well, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> but he had the giant, huge, almost like saxophone style recorder that he used. Yeah, it's the same instrument, but a whole lot uh, deeper in tenor, I believe. But yeah, the twenty-four nominations, man, it, it tied for the most with the crown. I mean, it it, it feels like it's another point of. Star Wars and the Mandalorian and streaming TV arriving in a way, you know, maybe I'll actually watch the Emmys this time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. Usually if there's not something up that I'm, I'm kind of a fan of, I don't really watch and I just kind of look at the results later on, but they got to yeah. win something if they got 24 nods, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you figure, I mean, they won in the past. Um, I believe it's a total of, I think there was a total of 15 nominations last time. And some total is 39 awards and nominations. Mm. But yeah, in the past, they won Emmys for Outstanding Sound Mixing, Outstanding Visual Effects, All Outstanding stuff, Stunt yeah. Coordination, Cinematography, uh, Sound Editing. Taika was nominated uh, for voiceover performance. He didn't win, though. Yeah, uh, Outstanding Production Design. So, yeah, I mean, they've... They've been there. And Giancarlo Esposito was also nominated in the past as well for Outstanding Guest Well, actor. I hope one of these actors get uh, get awarded, and I would love it if the show were to win the, the top drama, but uh, it'll probably go to The Crown or or um, you know something else that's been very popular, of course, you know, so yeah. like Queen's Gambit or something like that. Yeah. So news dropped 
of a particular um, kind of want, I think, for everyone, but especially for me, because we were on the podcast when Gallery dropped right after season two ended, and people were asking us, is there going to be more episodes? And I was like, yeah, definitely. James, on the other hand, on the podcast, he was like, no, I think this is it, man, because they cover every episode. But it's like, they didn't even talk about Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I mean, that's they like did one not. Of the biggest things. But I yep. think they kind of held it back because of the spoiler factor. And I actually spoke with someone the other day at my day job. He's like, yeah, man, I haven't seen season two yet. And my like jaw just dropped. And it's like, <laughs> well, I think and I was like, okay, yeah. okay, I need to calm down. It, everyone's not like us. You don't see it as soon as it drops. And, of course, it's been months now since that shocking episode dropped. And, yeah, they're going to drop this episode of Gallery. I guess it's going to be episode two. But they're going to concentrate on the finale. And we're going to get more details, more behind the scenes. What actually happened? Because there was a lot of kind of controversy on was that Mark Hamill? Was he even there? Um, what did they do as far as the actor? And I, we covered a little bit of that in the past, but now we're going to get an official kind of retelling of what happened and who knew that that was actually Luke Skywalker. And I think we've gotten stories from the people that were there. We had Katie Sackhoff, Giancarlo Esposito. We had Pedro Pascal there. Gina Carano was there, of course. But apparently the way they shot it, I think the story up to this point is the fact that they didn't know who was showing up. They didn't tell those actors. Yeah. They didn't even tell. I learned this yesterday, actually. I think they, they I think this. they kind of lied a little bit. I think they said it was like Plo Koon or someone, some Jedi that could have survived. I think that's, isn't that what like Dave Filoni or some, or John Favreau was kind of saying that, you know, cause they wanted to keep the Luke secret. Yes. And no, I have heard recently, I've heard this lately, that originally the idea was to have Kit Fisto. Ah. And the the reasoning behind I I was like, okay, whatever. He got that, killed that sounds, though. That that sounds kind yeah, right. That that yeah. sounds kind of ridiculous. Yeah, the um, Emperor himself took him out. So so it so it was yeah, it was a combination. I think it was a combination of several Jedi. And I think they were using just different Jedi names. But the thing was, the thing that gave that idea credence was the fighting style. Look, Go back and look at Luke's fighting style. When he does that spin move and the force push. Right. That's totally Kid Fisto's move from Attack of the Clones. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there there might actually be something to that. And I have a buddy that was really trying to convince me that, no, Luke wasn't the original idea. But maybe we'll get some confirmation or maybe they'll just lie. I don't know. But that was one of the most epic scenes and the most surprising scenes in Star Wars history. I mean, the Mando, the Mandalorian has two huge scenes now. Grogu being introduced in, in Episode 1 and then... Luke Skywalker at the very end. I didn't think there's no there was no way, no chance he was gonna appear. All the speculation, all the hype leading up to that episode was like huge. I was posting pictures of Luke. I was hoping beyond hope it felt like that the new hope would return. And he did. Yeah. And it even feels now like it never happened. I'm still in disbelief <laughs> about it. I know. And yeah. it also Feel, it feels like it's underrated too. Like not enough yeah. people are talking about it. But then you get all the people that haven't seen the episodes and don't even know. And yeah, that it's... that that for season two, there was the the two three big highlights. That one being on top, and then 
I love the confirmation that Fett lived and, of course, seeing a live-action Ahsoka. It was a great season. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. It was a terrific season. We did have a lot of well-sourced rumors for casting. And I was pretty sure a lot of those people that showed up were going to show up like Katie Sackhoff, which is kind of a no-brainer. But uh, also uh, Timothy Oliphant as... um, I'm forgetting the name for some reason. Cobb Vanth. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it was, it felt like we knew everything that was going to, every like guest that was going to appear. And for that Luke Skywalker moment to happen, it was just so shocking. I remember watching it at like two in the morning going, what? And I went to, <laughs> I went to work and I was just like, there's only like a two couple other nerds I know. And I'm like, have you seen it yet? And they're like, no. And I was like, <laughs> yeah we actually live streamed it on youtube it was sam colin and i on the podcast and we we're watching it live and i think you can just see our like jaws drop <laughs> and like hard to be quiet because we had each other we had we had each other's audio and we were watching it simultaneously <laughs> and colin was just like david david Dick. i'm like don't do this like stop, stop. It's not luke it's not luke and then we're just waiting. Okay, black, a dark cloak walking up, and then the green lightsaber. It's like ah, <laughs> it was one of the greatest moments ever in Star Wars. History. Oh, it's like oh, an X-wing. We're saved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that almost gives it away right there with that comment. One X-wing. I didn't want to like have my mind go to that spot and be disappointed when an, another random Jedi or a Cal Kestis. I mean, that'd when be cool. I, when Cal I saw Kestis the X-wing, I was I, when I saw the X-wing. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was awesome. It was. It was totally good. So, this magazine called the American Cinematographer Magazine is stating that the production of the Mandalorian season three is actually underway. So it's already happening because reports came out that production wasn't going to start till later on in the fall, which would push the Mandalorian far Mandalorian season three far out into the future. But apparently it's they're working on it. And of course, there's been other reports that it's been worked on. But then other reports came back that the book of Boba Fett was shooting. It wasn't the Mandalorian. Well, I also heard recently that the book of Boba Fett just wrapped shooting. Yeah, that so, wrapped about a month or two ago. And I'm assuming they're using the same uh, um, dome thing, whatever they call yeah, the, it, the volume, volume, the volume yeah. to film in. And they're, <laughs> the Mandalorian guys are like, hurry up, Bo- book of Boba Fett, get your butt out there. We want to get to work. <laughs> yeah, and not only, yeah, not only the book Plus of you Boba got, Fett. Hold on, you got, you got, don't you also have um, um, Obi-Wan also filming in Los Angeles using the volume yes. too? Yeah, and not only Obi Wan, but the Marvel projects as well are shooting in those. Jeez, yeah. So they that's more, they, they need more of those. <laughs> yeah, they. I know they have. I believe they have two in the Los Angeles area. Then they have one in Australia, and then they have one in England. They might have and another it one. Makes sense. Else. Yeah, just a but, smart, uh, smart way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Control your environment. <laughs> yeah. So it's um, yeah, it, it's it's super exciting. I mean, I I cannot wait for the book of both. The more and more time passes, my mind just kind of runs wild with it. And oh, yeah. with the track record that Filoni and Favreau have of taking their toy box and just dumping out all the toys and just playing with them and making their 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 sandbox. Don't you want to shows, just jump jump in that sandbox with them? 
<laughs> yeah, I, if, be a fly on the wall. I mean, yeah. just kind of hang out with them for a day on set. I mean, <laughs> I would just, I wouldn't stop smiling. My face yeah. would cramp from yeah. just just being there. But yeah, I mean, it's the future is totally exciting. And we, Colin always says on the podcast that this is the year of Marvel 2021 and the year of Star Wars is 2022, which we're going to get, I believe, three big time series and or Obi-Wan. Plus Star course, Wars Celebration, finally. So, yeah. Yes. Star Wars Celebration. Yes. Yes. And um, which I'll be at. Yeah. I think most of the podcast for the Star Wars Stuff podcast will be there. So, yeah. Fingers crossed. Um they move the date up, which is kind of tricky. I have a daughter graduating. So <laughs> hopefully, uh, yeah, it doesn't happen around that time period. Because if it happens, I, I'm not going. Star Wars first, sweetie. You understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe after this weekend, what I did, it, it, it might kind of reinforce that fact. So, yeah. So, yeah. So the other kind of rumor is, is that we're going to get the Mandalorian season three around uh, the April, May time frame. So we might be at celebration right when it kind of ends or maybe in the middle of the show airing on Disney Plus. And maybe we get some episodes aired for the first time at celebration. So. Yeah, I, I, I was kind of hoping they would have dropped them, you know, maybe like. February, March, but you know, if we're having that celebration in May, you might have a point there. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Looking forward to celebration, man. So but one of my one of my regrets I always talk about on the podcast that I didn't purchase the katana Jabba Cell barge from Haslab. I did, however, purchase two Razor Crests, which haven't been delivered yet, but Totally looking forward to those. When are those supposed one. to ship out? Do you know? Uh, fall, winter time. Gotcha. So, yeah, I'm really not patiently waiting. I know it's coming. There's so much Star Wars stuff to do in between that time. But um, there was a Hasbro Pulse Zoom call that happened. And there's about 10 people on the call. And one of the HasLab guys was detailing and talking about past and, and future events for HasLab, and he accidentally said Rancor, and then he started talking about something else. He wasn't supposed to drop that information. But then StarWars.com released this image. <laughs> nice. And if you go to StarWars.com, you can actually go and read a little article that they put, and the title of the article is Special Episode of Disney. Actually, wrong article here. Um, <laughs> it's, it's kind of a funny caption. It says, oh, no. The Rancor may join the Black Series via HasLab. Hmm. So I think they kind of accidentally dropped that information. But yeah, they kind of talk about the fact that it might come out. And I guess the reason why they say might um, is the fact that it's all fan-backed. Uh, the fans have to commit a certain amount of money up front for these uh, HasLab creations to be produced. So, what was the price point for the uh, um, Razor Crest? I believe it's three twenty-five. Do you think the Do you think the Rancor would be around the same price? Because I know that uh, that Java Sail Barge that was pushing towards a thousand, right? No, Java Sail Barge, Sail Barge was like five hundred, I believe. Oh, okay. I thought it was yeah. more than that. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, but right now, if you want to buy one on the aftermarket on eBay, it's about two grand. Right, so right. That's what you're looking at, and the box by itself. 
not not the packaging box, not the box that you see the nice picture, but the cardboard box that it comes in is going for five hundred. Jeez. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, people are trying to protect them as well. So um, yeah, I'm thinking as far as price goes. Don't quote me on it, but I feel like it's going to be a little less expensive than the Razor Crest. Um, but of course, they're going to have goals. So if more backers and I guess maybe the set level of five to 10,000 people that decide to back it and then they put it into production is met, then they'll probably throw in add-ons. They, they might throw in the uh, Rancor Keeper. Um, they might throw in, um, who knows, um, maybe throw in the dancer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, Ula, Ula. They might yes. throw her in as well. There you uh, go. That's a yeah. possibility. Maybe... Yeah. Maybe a uh, uh, um, a plump Gamorian guard. Yeah. Or something. Um, so no. yeah, and of course, yeah, Malakili. I, I mentioned the Rancor Keeper, but yeah. hey, you never know. They might throw in a at Luke least Malakili. At least Malakili would be cool. That I think yeah. that would be a great companion. So it just yeah. makes sense, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense that's great. Me. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I was watching, I believe I was watching the NBA Finals, and I was looking through the guide of YouTube TV, and I came across, I always check the late night talk shows just to see if there's any Star Wars people. And what do you know, Mark Hamill, Mark Hamill was on uh, Jimmy Fallon, and uh, it it, it was cool. I mean, he did it via, I guess, over the internet, his, his interview there. He didn't show up live. But yeah, he... Straight away, they started talking about Star Wars, which was cool. It's, it's, Jimmy's always going to talk Star Wars if he's if there's anyone related to Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And he told him straight up, he's like, "Hey, man, if, if I've never told you this before, I just want to say I love you." <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think that's the sentiment that's kind of expressed uh, throughout all of the Star Wars fandom. What but, did yeah, he, he say about Star Wars in general? Because he was he was there to uh, promote uh, what was it? Masters of the Universe that's Revelations right, that's, right. that's going to um, appear on Netflix. And he voices Skeletor. Of course, of course, yeah. Um, but did, what did he say about Star Wars at all in that interview? What did Jimmy ask him? So they actually played a game. I'm trying to remember everything from the interview here. But they played a game. It was a true or false game to to, to test his knowledge. And I've seen Mark Hamill in a bunch of test your knowledge trivia type style games. He's not fared very well. Uh, but... They asked him, I know one of the questions really pertains to something that's right up my alley. Because in episode seven, there was the script, uh, the, the, I'm, I'm combining words here, uh, the script that leaked out on um, episode seven. And one of the cooler aspects of the script was the fact that the opening scene was supposed to be Luke Skywalker's lightsaber from Cloud City with a like hand, his attached. hand attached to it or yes. something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, and JJ <laughs> decided to remove it after the fact, and it's like, man, that would have been so cool to see that on screen. I don't care how goofy that would have been. That would have been so cool to tie in the original trilogy with the sequel trilogy. Yeah, Maz Kanata says that's a story for another time. How long are we waiting for that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've been waiting for a while. They've done multiple comics and novels, and yeah, that that's, that's a little bit of a gripe that I think we share with you. But yeah. the fact that... He talked about exactly what that script talked about. It was the hand getting burned up in the atmosphere of the planet and the lightsaber hitting the ground of that planet. I mean, that's 
Ah, that would have been so awesome to see on screen. Yeah. And of course, you know, you have the whole force vision when Ray touches a saber and she's transported to Bespin. A lot of people don't recognize that that's the hallway in Bespin. No, yeah. And she's looking at yeah. Luke and Vader fighting. They should have shown that too. And they cast young Luke. Yeah. And, they, and, and allegedly, allegedly, I think they shot some of that scene. So that exists somewhere. So hopefully we get to see that in the future. Yeah, I'm trying to remember nice. still what they, they, they talked about. They I think they simply just spoke about his legendary roles as Luke Skywalker. And they kind of alluded to him being the Joker in the past. And now he's Skeletor for Masters of the Universe. And the last time I... Uh, um the last time I actually talked to Mark Hamill was uh, in London for star Wars celebration. And I got, this was just after the release of uh, force awakens. Nice. And uh, I got in line to answer, to ask him a question first before anyone else did. Cause they were lining people into their seats. And I saw these microphones mm-hmm. in the aisles. I'm like, Hmm, I'm like, save my seat guys. <laughs> and I went up to the microphone and just stayed there. And yeah. I happened to be the first one. And uh, I asked, what was it like filming on um, uh, um, the, uh, the, I'm sorry, the island that in, in Ireland. Um, Octu. Yeah, Octu. Yeah, Skellig Michael. Yeah, Skellig Michael. Because uh, um, I had tickets to get on Skellig Michael, but they got canceled because of weather. Uh, oh. But I was, I was able to go the next day and just take a tour around the island, but I couldn't go on the island. And uh, as I started to walk away, he says, hey, wait, give the guy that picture. And then he, everyone that asked a question got a free signed photograph with him of, of him, which was really, really cool. Wow. Um, but, but the time that I met him before was just for an autograph. And I know he gets Star Wars questions the whole time. And I, I asked him a non-Star Wars question when I was, I just said real quick, I said, whatever happened to the car in Corvette summer? <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember that question. Is, is, this, is your question on YouTube? Um, not that one, the one, okay. uh, the, the one asking him a question, uh, about Skellig Michael is, okay. but, uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, Corvette summer one is not, that one wasn't filmed, but, uh, he told me, yeah, yeah I think some collector has it. <laughs> if I didn't see it, I think Mark Hamill talked about getting asked that question. He gets that quite a bit, actually. Yeah. I-, I wanted to ask him that cause I- I'm a huge fan of that movie. Cause he filmed yeah. that after star Wars, uh, pre Empire Strikes Back, and uh, I love that movie. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I I always wondered as a kid. I was like, what happened to Mark Hamill? Why isn't he doing more stuff? And I mean, little did I know he was the Joker in Batman. I just oh, never yeah. read the credits. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, he's he's still doing stuff, and I hope I hope he comes back. And and to go back to what we talked about with that uh, that gallery episode that's going to premiere and i believe it's going to premiere on august 25th i hope mark's interviewed we'll see <laughs> i th- i think he is because that's the first thing now i remember that's the first thing that he talked about star wars wise on jimmy fallon because we don't know do. if he was on set at all even though they had someone else double for him you know i think he confirmed it i think he confirmed it on jimmy fallon he that said he, he was, was there okay. yes or maybe i'm mixing everything together because I also went to, I'll talk about this a little later in the podcast, but I went to Comic Lose in Houston where uh, Carl Weathers was there, Katie Sackhoff was there, Ming and Wen was there, and Giancarlo Esposito was there. And they were talking about that finale specifically. And yeah, I'll just mention it at the end of the show. But, but real quick, I got the gallery that is going to be the behind the scenes of that episode, that's coming out in August, right? Yes. Yeah. August 25th. 
Gotcha. Can't wait. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Neither can I, man. I mean, it's it's something that I was hoping that would happen, and you would think, yeah, of course they do it, but I mean, sometimes it doesn't happen. But we got the the tenth episode of the Bad Batch. Actually, is it the tenth or the twelfth? The twelfth episode, uh, Rescue on Ryloth. Uh, Twenty nine minutes long, and the actual title leaked for the show. And I heard it, and it's like, okay, well, it's going to be a two-parter. It's going to continue Young Harris' story. And what did you think about the episode? Um, I thought it was okay. I kind of feel the Bad Batch is in a little mid-season um, rut. I think it started off good, but it seems like every episode either is a rescue or supply mission, and let's see what Clone Wars um, or other uh, cameo we can throw in there to still remind you that you're in Star Wars. And I feel like what we really need in this season is this is touching on a time frame that has been untold uh, canon-wise. We can always go back to Legends and stuff. And I feel like we're getting only a small taste. I would love more Tarkin, you know, uh, I, I would love to see uh, Han, I'd love to see um, Cad Bane a little more on the trail uh, trying to get these guys. Um, I'll tell you right now, my the biggest thing I've enjoyed, which has surprised me because I thought it, when I first saw the trailer for this way back in the day, it felt like is I'm a huge fan of Omega. Same. She's not, my, Omega is not an annoying kid character. Right. She's yeah. resilient. She thinks for herself. She's not playing the victim. She's taking initiative. She's been the best thing about this, to be honest with you. I, I was kind of hoping by this time there would have been something with, uh, um, you know, with them trying to maybe, you know, turn um, crosshair or whatever. But it feels like they're just kind of in a dragging a little bit. And mm -hmm. I, I things will probably start to ramp up towards the end of this season. It was nice to see Hera as a kid. That's fine. I get it. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of wondering where they're trying to go with this. I, I would have liked it, it's, I would have liked more of a heavier themed plot to go all the way through this and to really give us an idea what's happening around the galaxy while the empire is trying to grasp hold of it. And you know what their plan is with the old clone troopers as opposed to uh, the new troopers, you know, and stuff. Is there going to be a fight between those two, you know? So I'm just riding it out. It's to me, it's not clone wars, you know, it's, it's not, it's not Mandalorian, but it is star Wars. It's new. I do look forward to watching each episode. Um, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this was a one and done season. Yeah. I'm not quite sure if it's one and done. Um, but like you said, the, the standout for me, has been Omega, and I totally did not anticipate that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and yeah, you, you mentioned that that whole trope of the annoying kid character. I mean, that's so prevalent in just about everything. But yeah, she's been fantastic. Um, the voice actress, she's. I mean, the voice is for everyone except for maybe uh, Caleb Doom <laughs> or Freddie Prince Jr. Sounded right. like Freddie Prince Jr. Now <laughs> as an adult. Um, has just been fantastic. Brad, Bradley D. Baker has done a tremendous job. He needs awards. Um, but yeah, it's 
I've been enjoying it kind of the same way you have. It, it's it's not like you said. It's not the Mandalorian. It's not an episodic film. It, it's it's nothing like that. But of course, it is Star Wars, and see, I'm enjoying it, yeah, like it more. It, it seems like it's like you know what quick cameo we're going to get, and then they're going to be done and gone. You know, it, it's, that doesn't bug me as much as I would think it would have bugged me before yeah. the season because, like like you mentioned. Uh, Cad Bane showing up, that was a, a huge surprise. But then it's like, well, yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense for him to show up. And of course, we're now anticipating young Boba Fett to show up. And the fact that Omega's kind of spoilers her sister or his sister. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's, um, and I'm kind of anticipating Omega to show up in Book of Boba Fett now, you know? I mean, I want to see that character in live action and to see how she kind of interacts with everything. Right. Right, but yeah, I'm watching. I'm watching every every week. Um, I'm Central Standard Time, so it's two a.m. for me. I know you're Pacific, so it's a little later. But uh, yeah, if I'm up around that time, I'll just stay up a little bit longer. I work early, early morning, so I don't mind getting up an extra hour to you know to watch one of these episodes before I come to work because I don't want to be spoiled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I'm yeah. the same way. I do not want to be spoiled. Yep. And if something huge happens, what do we get in the group text for the podcast? It's like, oh my god, did you see that or something? Akin I to do that. have to give it props for the music and just the visuals. I it's it. I have to remind myself I'm not watching live action sometimes. You know, it's it it, it is really really done well when it comes to uh, the production and and uh, um you know, the look of it overall. So I just, I, th- I just think the story itself is kind of stalled a little bit. And uh, that's my only issue with it thus far. Right. If you look at an episode of the clone wars, and then you quickly look at an episode of the bad batch, you can tell that the technology and the, and the special effects and the oh, yeah. animation mm-hmm. has greatly improved. And yeah, I mean, it would be awesome if they re-released the clone wars with that type of animation, they could somehow, redo the the animation almost like a like a video game kind of like upscale right. the uh, the art but yeah um i think i liked the episode a little bit more than you did because i think it was cool to see hera flying for the very first time um i enjoyed i enjoyed, I enjoyed seeing, having that connection yeah that that was probably my favorite part of the episode is seeing yeah her and Omega um, just kind of bond a little bit and uh, Omega kind of giving her that little push. She's like, you want to fly, don't you? <laughs> you want to be a pilot, don't you? So, yeah. 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 And I have heard a lot of people talk about the fact that when the first canonized novel uh, that, that dropped, I believe in 2014, a new Dawn featured Kanan, Hera. And a lot of people weren't really into that book, but it seems like, after you you watch Rebels and you know the backstory of these characters, that book, A New Dawn, gets a whole lot better because you know yeah. a lot. I mean, you just you just, you're just informed. Yeah, I bought it on audio actually, and mm-hmm. uh, you know it's gotten a lot more talk now that Hera has jumped. You know, uh, been coming into the Bad Batch here because it it uh, it zeroes in on a certain time of her life and with uh, Kanan's life as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember I got the Kanan comic book and does a little backstory on his uh, as well after the Bad Batch, I guess it would be. Um, so yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it, it, I enjoyed it. It was a fun story. And I think also 
it, it's worth a revisit or a visit because I think we're going to get a lot of aspects of Rebels and A New Dawn and then in the Ahsoka series that's upcoming. And of course, Dave Filoni is going to be in charge of it. So, yeah, we'll probably get a lot of Rebels characters in live action eventually here. So, yeah, that's just my opinion. Yeah, I hope to see like a Sabine or something like that. That'd be nice. Yeah, I think that's definitely happening happening in in, in, a, in the Ahsoka series. So, another thing I want to touch on um, in the very first uh, part of this two part episode or this two part kind of run for Hera, um, we see Orn Frita get shot in the head by by Crosshair, and of course everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, they just broke canon." That Orn Frita is actually alive in in the Sith Lord's novel, and at the beginning of this episode, Rampart actually addressed that. He said that Orn Frita is recovering. Yep. So now, of course, it's <clears throat> it's still in line with canon. But even though he got shot right right in the head, it, <laughs> I mean, do Twi'leks have like really like resistant like bones or well, how if, does that even work? If you look at or Orn Frita, really sick right there. <laughs> if you look at Orn Frita, it seems like he has an extra leku and he's got some extra padding on that face of his. So <laughs> I don't know. I was also wondering about that. I mean, the bigger you get, the more leku you grow. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I can't explain that. I don't know. It yeah. seems like he's got more than two. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this has been the summer of the Bad Batch. And it looks like we have four more episodes left. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it's coming to a close here. I wouldn't mind a second season, um, but it depends if it, how if it they evolves, end, it depends on how they end this season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I if they do a second season, I'll be up for it just because I want to. I'd be more. I'm less interested in the Bad Batch themselves and what happens to them than I'm more interested in about this time frame and what's what's happening and the rise mm-hmm. of the Empire. Because this is really interesting time frame, and that's what I was hoping the Bad Batch would explore a little bit more. But they're always on the run, and we're getting little tiny, you know, shots of what the Empire's up to. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went to Comic Palooza in Houston, Texas. Oh, I and, bet that was fun, man. And I was able to take my wife and my kids. They wanted to go too, and we had been to San Antonio Comic Con. And they're like, yeah, let's go. We So we took a trip to Houston, which is about a two and a half hour drive from me. And a couple of the uh, of our Facebook group uh, members were there as well. Unfortunately, I didn't get to run into any of them. <laughs> we were we were messaging back and forth. I'm here. Okay, you're there. Okay, I'll be here next. Okay, well, I'm going there next. But yeah, unfortunately, we weren't able to run into each other. But I was kind of worried because I didn't have my badge yet. And they were doing free early pickup at places around Houston comic book shops. And I was like, man, am I going to be stuck at will call forever? Luckily I wasn't. They ran a pretty tight ship. They had tons of people in the front giving out badges. All I had to do was scan your QR, your QR code um, for your email. And then they just verified you kind of looked at you and then gave you the badge. This is a badge right here. Awesome cover art. The Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, I was very thrilled about that. And I'd seen the badges already from some of our uh, Facebook group members. So we're badged up. We go into the hall. And Comic Palooza is billed as the largest comic book convention in the southern part of the United States. So I was like, okay, give me a ton of people, a ton of booths. I took my poster tube 
so I can maybe buy some bottleneck gallery posters. I went through every booth, every hall. I didn't find a single bottleneck gallery poster. So that was kind of disappointing. Although I did save money because those, those posters, they, were they sold print, out or just didn't have, well, I mean, most, mo- I think most of the vendors were actual like artists selling their own stuff, Gotcha. which some of the stuff was very cool and it was very expensive as well. There was one booth where they had, I think there were pencil drawings. They didn't look like pencil, but they were pencil drawings. Some of them had color added into them. Some of them didn't. My daughter, who's a huge Spider-Man fan, asked for one of the Spider-Man prints and has, she asked how much it was. And they're like, okay, do you want the one with color or without? She's like, with color. And they said, that one's $600. Oof. And it was about, I think about two by two by three feet in size. And they had a Vader one right below. It looks so good. I was so tempted to ask how much it was, but it was early in the convention. So I don't want to spend all my money right there and then. So I kind of waited. But one of the main reasons I went was to get a signature and an autograph. And I've done a lot of stuff this summer where I've spent a lot of money. So I didn't want to go crazy. Yeah, you've gone to Galaxy's Edge, right? Yeah, I went to Gal- I went to Galaxy's Edge at the beginning of I went for, for May 4th, for the May 4th week. I went I went through the whole week. I went there with a buddy of mine and we met up with our fellow podcasters. And then I also went to Galaxy's Edge uh, the week of June 20th and I took my family. So I did those two things. And then I also have a scheduled meetup with Ewan McGregor at Celebrity Fan Fest in San Antonio. Spent a lot of money there. Wow. So, <laughs> and today I actually just bought the uh, the autograph signing for uh, Hayden Christensen. So oh, I'm going nice. to have his as well. So, of course, I'm, I'm trying to take it easy, not lose control here. So the person I picked to get an autograph from was Katie Sack. Uh, yeah, look at that signature. That is a fantastic signature. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. She has a really great signature. And I was kind of confused as to the way the whole, like, getting the signature process actually worked. Because I thought I had a time on the email. But apparently you just walk in and go to her booth and get your stuff signed. So that's what I did. Um, the line moved pretty quickly. She re- really wasn't talking much to anyone. If you remember back when I got Ray Park's autograph uh, several podcasts ago, he was talking to people at length. So <laughs> I waited in line for Ray Park for about six hours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it took a while. But for Katie, it was pretty quick. And I talked to her a little bit. I, I mentioned the fact that, yeah, she needs to attend Celebrity Fan Fest in San Antonio. And she kind of thought about it. She had a look on her face like, I don't know what she was thinking of. And then she said, I think I've been to San Antonio, actually. And I was like, okay, well, you need to come back. So <laughs> she has that information. She can get closer to us. Probably we'll get more stuff signed. One of my goals, actually, was to maybe hit up a booth that had a Bo-Katan helmet and right. get that signed. As you can tell, I'm a fan of helmets here. Yeah, you are. So, <laughs> so hopefully... So I was hoping they had the helmet. There's a booth where um, a guy that was making helmets actually had just about every single Star Wars helmet that's in existence. And it was awesome to look at. Well, and I actually bought this right here. I bought this 3PO. Nice. Very nice. 
Well, I like the fact that you got the uh, Black Series Bo-Katan figure signed, and you got it signed in blue. It really pops. Well done. Um, yeah. If I, I didn't make that choice. To, that was Katie's choice. If I had, if I, I have that figure. I found it in the wild on retail, and I bought it. I think it was, yeah, I bought it, I think, at a Target. It just happened to be there. It was only one. Uh, but I would do the same thing. I, I, I do the blue. So that's cool. So I ordered this figure as soon as it dropped, I believe, from... It's either Hasbro Pulse or Best Buy. I'm not quite sure which one I bought it from, but I I recently think I'm really thankful that they sent me this email. They said that my delivery had been placed on back order and I wasn't going to get it till September. So of course I wouldn't have had the figure in time. So I went online. I quickly bought this figure. It came in the mail two days later, Amazon Prime, and I took that figure to her, got it signed. I also got a photo op with her. So I saw her in the flesh standing up and the whole photo op um, process is very interesting. Very fast Um, too, right? (laughs) Very fast. Very, very fast. Uh, They get you in, get you out. They make you take everything out of your pockets, leave your cell phone, leave everything, go through a metal detector. People are just watching you to see what you do. And at the very end, there's a handler at the very end. She told me all kinds of things. And then at the very end, the last thing I remember her telling me telling me was, don't touch her. Go. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. okay. And I see Katie. Katie greets me. She's like, hey, how's it going? And I'm like, great. And I'm like, all I'm thinking is don't touch her. Don't touch yeah. her. Don't bump into her. And I'm like, my, my legs are like dying from like standing all day. The pre-COVID the days, the day. it was a different time. Right, right. So yeah, they made us mask up actually at the beginning, which kind of scared me because I don't want to take a picture with a mask on. Yeah, yeah. So you get in there, they're like, okay, you can take your mask off as soon as you get to Katie. And I'm like, okay, I did that. I got to her. She said, hey, how's it going? I knew the picture was going to happen quick. I turn, smile, picture happens. They're like, okay, bye. And I'm like trying to get out there because I'm kind of courteous of other people. And um, she says, thank you. And I turn around. I'm like, okay, cool. She, she's speaking to me. And I turn around and I say, thank you back. And then I walk out. I get my picture. And here's the picture I got. <laughs> there you go. So as you can see, I didn't touch her. <laughs> she's such a sweetie. Look at that. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, she's awesome. If you can uh, meet her, take a photo with her, um, get her autograph. Yeah, she's an awesome person. I follow her on Instagram, as I'm sure most of you do. And yeah, she's she's awesome. And very cool. Nice. Yeah, hopefully she comes back to Texas, comes back to San Antonio, and uh, we can see her there. So there was a big Mandalorian panel that was scheduled, and it was scheduled in in I believe it said first floor, and it said a stage. And I kind of had a little trouble finding the stage. It was actually in the main exhibit hall. It's just blocked off by one big partition, and on the outside. They had all the automobiles, all the cars set up, um, all the different types of cars. And there's a Chick-fil-A on the outside of it, too. <laughs> so they had us line up. I, I believe the panel was at three. I, I was towards the middle of the line, so I knew I was going to have a pretty decent seat. Um, so once we got in there, of course, this was the stage. And we were kind of waiting for all the uh, Mandalorian actors that were going to, that, that were actually there signing and doing the photo op to show up. And there was a, there was a presentation, I believe by the saber guild and they had lightsaber fighting on stage beforehand. And it was pretty cool. Some, some of those guys, some of those guys were like moving pretty quickly and you could tell it was all 
of course it was all choreographed it lasted for a good while and it, it was pretty cool to see that i gotta admit it, it was you could tell that they put a lot of work and a lot of dedication into it and uh the very end a guy with a double bladed saber came out and during the fight the saber was split in combat and they, they fought with two sabers and nice it was pretty neat it was pretty neat and the first person that came out was Grief Karga himself, Carl Weathers. And that guy to the right of him actually looks like Timothy Oliphant, but that's not It him. does a little bit, yeah. <laughs> In this picture, but he, yeah, he really doesn't look anything like him. But yeah, Carl Weathers was there. He came out. And then, of course, Katie was next. And Ming-Na Wen showed up. And, of course, Giancarlo Esposito hit the Very stage. Nice. And... Yeah, I think the panel was kind of more of a fan question type of panel, but I think only three questions got asked because just the passion and enthusiasm for these actors being in Star Wars, in The Mandalorian, came out to the point where they just talked about The Mandalorian and being in Star Wars pretty much the whole time. And it was awesome. It was awesome just to hear them talk and to see see their enthusiasm still for Star Wars. And they mentioned Dave Filoni and and uh, John Favreau a lot. And it was in just such like glowing terms and just all the admiration they had for those two guys. I'm hoping that uh, I get a chance to meet Carl Weathers, uh, get a picture, but definitely get an autograph because I have a Raiders jersey with his name on it because he used to be a on the Raiders. Uh, back in the seventies for a brief time. And I, I've got, I got his Jersey. I would love to get signed in addition to a black series, uh grief cargo. That'd be really cool. Yeah. That would be awesome, man. That yeah. would be very unique. Yeah. But um, yeah, Carl Weathers was on stage and he, uh, he actually brought someone with him and uh... <laughs> <laughs> baby Grogu. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. So he had Grogu with him. And uh, yeah, he held him up at one point and saying the 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 thing that put the show over the top, and he raised up Grogu, and everyone That's just so kind of laughed That's and awesome. cheered. That's great. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was awesome to be there. The panel was short and sweet, but of course, everything is timed at those conventions, so they had to get out of there because right afterwards, we did the photo op. I did the photo op with Katie, and um, That's great. Man. Awesome. That sounds like a fun time. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Um, time went by pretty quick. Um, I asked my wife and kids about it and they're like, yeah, that was a long day. But for me, I was just kind of like, man, the day's going to go quick. I need to absorb everything. I need to hit, <laughs> hit up that panel, make sure I get my autograph, my photo up. It happened. Mission accomplished. Did you, uh, have any challenges getting in the panel? Cause I know at uh, star Wars celebrations, they've been doing kind of a, a random lottery now because of they wanted to avoid uh, people waiting in these excruciating long lines and maybe not getting in. So h- how was your, how was your experience getting into the panel? So this was my first time going to comic Palooza. They've done comic Palooza's for years and I hit up the website about a week or two after I bought my badges and I noticed that you could assign panels to your name. So of course I quickly assigned the Mandalorian panel. I don't think that mattered at all. What happened was we got into a line that snaked around and that was cut at some points for the other displays and the other booths. 
and there's a person at the end of the line with a big end of line cardboard. Right. So people were just constantly confused where the end of the line was because you really couldn't tell just by looking at it. You you needed direction. So I was thinking this was going to happen. I'm pretty sure it did happen. Once they started the line moving into the panel, just people that weren't in line just bum rushed and went in. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot like celebration when that kind of happens. Right. Sometimes people will yeah. bum rush the stage and it's just kind of <laughs> chaos. So yeah. I wasn't too upset. I, I had a pretty decent seat. Um, so and my and my kids and my wife sat next to me. So we all had seats next to each other. Gotcha. Wasn't too bad. And the 501st was there. They made an appearance as well. There's an array of stormtroopers and death troopers. And oh, Bayer great. And cool. Yeah, they, they kind of lined the, the sides there. And they had a couple of troopers on stage here. You can see in this picture. Nice. There was, there was two storm TKs, stormtroopers, flanking the stage there. So, yeah, it was it was decent. Um, it was great to be at a panel with, with those actors in person. Uh, just talk about Star Wars. And Katie Sackhoff, I've heard her talk about the story with her dad. And it, it might be featured in the finale. Um, her dad being on set yeah 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 because wasn't it like his birthday or something like that i can't remember why he was it might have been but i i know she oh she always tells the story of her dad introducing her to sci-fi fantasy and she mentioned the first movie that her dad let her watch was predator and carl weathers (laughs) is sitting right there and then carl weathers is like your dad let you watch predator at age six (laughs) what is wrong with That's a great father. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. And and she also did mention that her father said, don't tell your mother. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, yeah, there were stories like that on the panel. Um, and, yeah, the question, I think the first question, I'm trying to remember. One of the questions was from, like, a little kid. He said, this is for Carl Weathers. Um, can we reenact the handshake from Predator? And he was far from the mic and he said it real low, but I could tell exactly what he said. And the right. moderator was like, well, I'm sorry, we couldn't hear you. And Carl Weathers just shouted out, I know exactly what he just said. So he got up off the stage, got on, got on the floor level and he did the handshake with them. And yeah, <laughs> I don't know if the line was uttered by either of them. But <laughs> yeah. The mo- yeah. It's basically until like Carl Weathers character, uh, Dylan gives in, you know, yeah, yeah. Schwarzenegger's character is squishing that hand. So yeah. One of the most <laughs> epic handshakes of all time. Yeah. That, yeah. that might be the most eighties thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. Great. But yeah, I mean, he was asked that, um, I'm trying to remember what the other questions were. There's like only three questions. Um, there was, and I think two of them were not related to Star Wars at all. So, <laughs> but yeah, that panel was short and sweet. It was nice. We got out of there quickly. Great. And, and yeah, it, it, it was awesome to see the Mandalorian actors out there. I think someone asked about the book of Boba Fett to Ming-Na and she's like, I'm in it. And that's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, that's to be expected. I'm wondering if they're, uh, I assume they're going to uh, go back and show us like how Boba Fett survived the Sarlacc pit. And I would love if Ming-Na Wen was a reason for that. Um, Therefore, when she gets um, 
like almost killed in season one of Mandalorian, he returns the favor and saves her. I think that would be really cool. Um, Cause I think back in the old uh, legend sense. days, I think it was like uh Dengar that saved uh, Boba Fett or something like that. Yeah. 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 That, that makes total sense to me. That'd be cool to tie her back in more. Yeah. And from what we've heard it, it, and Tamir Morrison has said this himself to podcast interviews that it's a real buddy type of show between cool. him and Fennec. So good. Yeah, that's out good. there. And yes. right before the podcast, we were talking. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it would be nice to see where that chemistry came from between those two. Yeah. Yeah. And they do have a really good chemistry. Yeah. So right before the podcast, you were telling me about a figure, a specific figure that yeah. you got. And uh, I'm hoping some way, somehow, Patty Jenkins incorporates this particular character into Rogue Squadron. And here's the picture you sent me right there. Yes. Uh, I got it through Entertainment Earth. It happened to pop online. My friend uh, Scott Botman, who is one of the co-hosts of um, our Star Wars podcast on network called What a Piece of Junk. And he sent me a link to pre-order for uh, the Jackson action figure the uh the black series version of it of course for us comic nerds uh from the original star wars marvel comics uh the big rabbit type creature i ordered two uh one to open and one not to open and mine just came in the mail yesterday and uh i just love the fact that if you see the picture there you see like lando calrissian and then you open up the inside of the figure you see dengar hiding right there and stuff nice. so um, yeah, it says here, Jackson is a nearly six foot tall green furred Lepi, L-E-P-I smuggler and captain of the rabbit's foot known for his wise cracks and high kicks. Jackson has helped Han Solo and Chewbacca out on more than one occasion. <laughs> so, yeah, That's and I got nice. that through entertainment earth. I don't know if they're still available or not. Um, but they have a bunch of other stuff that you can order as well. So. Yeah, that's rad. I, I just like the design of that character. I like that it's kind of random. Yes, um, yes. But you you had brought up that you would like to see him made into canon with uh, this Patty Jenkins uh, Rogue Squadron movie. Yeah, um, I mean, he's got a species. I mean, come on. It's, yep. it's, it's all there that she can probably pull. And yeah, she's been working on the script for the past six months, I think. So, so, okay, before we move into Rogue Squadron, I want to ask you about Jackson real quick. So, mm -hmm. have they, how many Black Series figures since this line has come out have they issued that are not considered canon anymore or at all? As far as I know, all the figures they've released are all considered canon, as far as I know. So does that mean that Jackson, now that he has a Black Series figure, is he canon? <laughs> I'd like to think so, but they're still going with the canon rules that anything after April 25th, 2014, that's been right. designed, promoted, marketed um, in books, novels, uh, film... Is canon. Comics. Comics, I don't know yeah. about yeah comics. Yeah. I don't know about action figures. I don't think that qualifies. But 
I mean, it'd, it'd be so cool to see that. We're gonna we're gonna get a visions episode of a very rodent rabbit esque type main character in one of those shows. So we will see then. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious. Maybe she's are, a lepi. Are are the visions considered canon then? Anything that's released, I guess, is right. I don't think the visions episodes are going to be canon because they they gave free reign to creators, and I think some canon is going to be broken. Yeah, but when you're given free reign in the Star Wars universe, usually that reign has a short leash. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I, my impression is that whatever they do release has, they gave them a certain parameters, you know, and I assume that they would have to be, uh, canon if it, if it's officially being released, especially on a Disney plus show. I hope so. I don't know. We'll there's see. there's gonna be an episode that takes place right after the rise of Skywalker. So that'll be the first thing we see after the rise of Skywalker, a Visions episode. Right. But yeah. I mean, I don't think it's gonna be canon, but it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting to see what the fans' reaction to all that is, yeah, yeah. because there's gonna be, of course, the confusion. Okay, well, this is canon. This this happened, so. If it's know, a big hit, know, they're going to want to see more. Yeah, and, and I know the look of the anime style is what's going to be important to a lot of fans. But for me, it's the stories. That's what I'm yeah. most curious about. So, um, but I, uh, P- Patty Jenkins, Rogue Squadron, thoughts? I am going to be cautious about it. Because I did not, I I have never seen a Patty Jenkins movie that I particularly liked. I know Wonder Woman was a big hit, and Wonder Woman eighty four was just not great. I I could see what she was trying to do there, but it was just not a great film. Um, I know she is Academy Award nominated, but I think that was only for one film. But it seems like. People like Natalie Portman have a lot of faith in her. She wanted to act in Thor Dark World just for the simple fact that Patty Jenkins was going to be the director, but she had to leave. Um, so I don't know. It's it's just one of those things. I mean, she has that kind of connection to fighter pilots because her dad was a fighter pilot who passed away in service of the country. And she has kind of an emotional connection there. And I but mean, we, it, do, it, we don't know that. the time frame of this movie, though. That's what I'm concerned about. Right. We don't know the time frame that hasn't been officially announced. But in that video that she did for the Investors Day call, which was probably for the canceled celebration, she's headed towards a T-65 X-Wing, which is the original trilogy X-Wing. And we all know there's a huge set of novels that are beloved by fans. It's called Rogue Squadron. Yeah. So yeah. is it going to be like an amalgamation of that and maybe other stuff or stuff they pull from the Rogue Squadron novels? I mean, we kind of don't it, know. But I know opinion, Patty Jenkins has said that she she was given free reign as well to do whatever story right. she wanted to do. To tell the story right, you got to do it um, around a New Hope time where – the rogue, the rogue, rogue one movies done, and to uh, pay honor to all those 
members of the rebellion that gave their lives, they name a squadron after them, you know, rogue squadron. And this is where we get a chance to see, um, you know, someone maybe recast as a, a young wedge Antilles and the survivors from the Hoth and all that, and, and dive into those rogue squadron series with, by Michael Stackpole and a few others. Mm-hmm. If you want to tell the story, right, you really have to, because that's when rogue squadron becomes legendary. I've heard rumors as a possibility that it would take place after rise of Skywalker and you'd be wasting a whole era that you should really be discussing. And I hope that they do make it take place maybe even during separate times of uh, the original trilogy, you know? Um, but it, I think it's important or maybe soon after return of the Jedi. I don't know, but that's where road squadron makes its bones and becomes legendary. And that's the squadron that if you're a, a rebel starfighter, you want to be part of rogue squadron. Um, I really hope that they, uh, don't I really, really hope they don't do, they don't do it after, uh, or they do it after the, the sequel trilogy. I, that would be a waste. I, I would also prefer original trilogy. Um, it, give me some more wedge. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah, that'd be <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that tiny, 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 tiny cameo in Rise of Skywalker was not enough. Yeah, that was yeah, that was weird. And then all the kind of like story of of Dennis Lawson not wanting to be associated with Star Wars. Apparently, that well, that was untrue. But I mean, that was kind of like seeped into like Star Wars lore when he um finally came to star Wars celebration, Orlando, Mm -hmm. he was my number one priority to not only meet and get a picture, but get an autograph with. And I was able to do that. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. I think I have the picture over here actually. Yep. Still. (laughs) I have his helmet right here. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I wonder if I still have it here. Hold on. Oh yeah. Here it is. Let me, let me show it to you real quick. One of my pride and joy pictures. There you go. And I got the card signed as well. Nice. And, uh, Dennis Lawson right there. Love that picture. To Kevin. Awesome. <laughs> that is awesome, man. Terrific. So there are two really big uh, rumors I think you can actually take with more than a grain of salt that I want to talk about. But before we do that, I know some people don't want to listen in on uh, rumors and speculation. So... Where you can find us, you can always find us at patreon.com, Star Wars Stuff Podcast 2187. You can find us on YouTube, of course. Like and subscribe, please, if you're already watching. Thank you. We're also on TikTok, Twitter at Stuff Pod, Instagram at Star Wars Stuff Podcast, and Facebook. We have a group and a page. Thank you for all the memes, everyone contributing, all the likes, loves. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. And there's two really big rumors that dropped. And the first one was kind of I thought back and it's like why didn't we think that this was a possibility and why didn't we think this was probably going to happen and I don't think anyone really kind of speculated on this happening but apparently a young Leia Organa has been cast for Obi-Wan Kenobi so we're going to see we're going to finally see Princess Leia in her youth. I, I know for years now everyone's wanted Millie Bobby Brown to play her, uh, and of course 
she's grown up now. She's an adult, so she can't really play a young lay anymore. I, th- I still think she could. She has a youthful look, you know? I was looking at her in Enola Holmes, and I still think she could. So my daughter was watching Enola Holmes on Netflix. She had it randomly playing, and I kind of started watching a little bit of it. And that was actually a pretty good Netflix movie. I, yeah, yeah. I, I actually kind of like. I started watching a little it. bit. Yeah, 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 it's good enough to uh, merit a sequel. So there you go. But <clears throat> the question is, what's the storyline going to be? How are we going to see a young Leia? Thoughts? Well, I know that uh, obviously Vader, um, Hayden's going to be there as Vader. And I think this is important to set up the relationship um, between Obi-Wan and the the beginning of the rebellion and the friendship with Leia um, because of him being there pretty much for the births of her, of her and, and Luke Skywalker. And I think that when um, Leia refers to Obi-Wan in um, A New Hope, even though she'll be younger uh, during the uh, the Obi-Wan time here, I, I think there has to be some familiarity. And I think the continuity streams would be great to kind of throw her in there uh, of him meeting a younger version of her, whether, you know, I, I'm, I don't, do we have an idea how old she's going to be at this time? I don't know. She'd be uh, 10. Okay. So I think Nine that's good. Yeah. I think that's good that uh, um, she'll know who he is and know the relationship between him and her father um, and the, the, the early seeds of the rebellion. So I, I think these are these little connective tissues that are important. Yeah. I'm a big fan of connective tissue as everyone listens to the podcast knows. And yeah, that would be really awesome to see if they actually met. Um, I know a lot of people kind of complain. It's like, Oh, you're bringing in this character. We already know it's a callback. I love that stuff. I love it when they can weave it properly into story and we yeah. get to see those characters again or yeah, younger versions of those characters. Yeah, a lot because, like how they're doing with Hera. In yeah, because Obi-Wan is also the time that all of this during the, the height of the Empire, when it comes to canon stuff, it's fresh uh, ground to work with, you know, and that's what that we were talking about. The Bad Batch, they have a certain time as well. This probably takes a little, Obi-Wan takes a little bit later, you know, he's a little bit older. And this is when the, the, the rebellion is really uh, starting to uh, um, become a problem for the Empire, you know. And I think it's important to know where Obi-Wan is and where young Leia is and her influences are, you know, stuff like that. And you know, we might get a Mon Mothma as well or something like that. And, and I think that this is you know, knowing that Obi-Wan hasn't spent the entire time on tattooing will also be refreshing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, but, you know, it's interesting, too, because this will also know that this is the reason why Leia went to tattooing to try to reach him. So she knows where he is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a very good point. I mean, it, there's so much there for, for you to kind of rediscover and kind of refresh in your mind. If you just simply watch episode four and think of the Kenobi show and what the possibilities are that, and you can kind of predict some things that we'll actually see. I mean, I don't think anyone thought that Obi-Wan and Vader clashed again after Mustafar, but apparently it's going to happen. And I mean, 
It's... <laughs> I was just thinking there'd be kind of a funny scene where like young Leia goes, oh, I'd like to go to Tatooine. And Obi-Wan's like, yeah, I don't want you to meet your brother just yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, wa- I You know what? I actually wonder how many kind of inside jokes there's going to be like that. I mean, we, we, I mean, there's some, some of them are kind of forced like the whole Dr. Evazin, Ponda Baba and Rogue One. That was, that was not great, but, uh, they yeah. must have just got off Jetta quickly. Yeah, so, they had to fire off that that planet. <laughs> they must have gotten a transport like minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the other big thing that kind of happened that's kind of flying around is the fact that I believe the actor Sung Kang, who's uh, who's Han and in, in ironically in, in the Fast and Furious franchise, huge fan of his, huge fan of his. Yeah, he is apparently going to be. This is a rumor. The fifth brother, Inqu- Inquisitor, going oh, after cool. Obi Wan. Nice. So yeah, there's a lot of rumors flying around that Inqui- the Inquisitorius is going to be in Obi Wan hunting. I him think down. this is really important because during Rebels, when we got introduced into the Inquisitors, as cool as they were, in the back of my mind, I was thinking how come we've never seen them elsewhere? So I think that there's a live action version of an inquisitor, I think is very important to the continuity of that, you know, cause we always think that, uh, you know, before rebels that the only people that well wielded the dark side lightsabers was of course, Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. And of course, Darth Maul prior, uh, prior to that. So it, it would be nice to see a live action version of that to uh, show that this was a thing. Wouldn't it be something to to find out that Obi-Wan just wiped them out? That's why we don't see him? Yeah, that would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah. And my head goes back to thinking about how Tarkin said in episode four, he surely must be dead by now. So maybe they left them in a situation where there was like a no way out scenario and they just kind of... Well, Rebels takes place after... Obi-Wan that I know of because in Rebels we see Obi-Wan of course take out Darth Maul and Tatooine. Right. So but it would be nice to see him go up against some inquisitors and and be a real threat and stuff like that. So yeah. It feels like that's going to happen. It yeah. really feels like that's going to happen. So yeah. should be interesting. I'm getting hyped up right now. <laughs> I know they're it. filming they're filming it now, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I think we haven't gotten any information yet, but uh yeah, just give us like I'm, just give us like a set still, you know, something to, something to chew on, something from the set, you know, with Obi Wan and. Well, there's all know. kinds of set pictures of them wearing those big cloaks where they're trying to hide their. Yeah, those their, are the behind the scenes, but I want like yeah. an actual scene from an episode, you know, that's yeah. that's finished, and you know they can kind of see if there's not too many spoilers on it, but just give us something to chew on a little bit. I would love that. Yeah, and so like I said earlier on the podcast on July 31st, which is in two weeks. I will be meeting you and McGregor for the first time. And, See if you can uh, get some spoilers from him. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Hayden Christensen. So I'm just going to be there like, and I, everyone that listens to the podcast knows me that I like to know everything. So I'm just going to be like, tell me. <laughs> I'm trying to use the force. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, I'm totally. Gonna Have you fought Obi Wan again? What's going on? What's going on? With you? <laughs> you and yeah. Ewan, what's going on, man? You guys making lightsaber sounds now? Come on. <laughs> yeah, I, 
you know what? I'm this close to buying their their photo op together, having both of them in the picture with me. Oh, is that a possibility? Are you serious? It's four hundred and ten dollars. Oh man, dude, that would be epic. That would. And be there's epic. still there's still some available, but I think I'd have to go on a Sunday, and I think I'm probably going to end up there on Sunday anyways, because yeah. the five hundred first is going to be there, and I'm probably going to. Oh, it anyways. dude, that's a big deal right there, man. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, the other thing, um, I didn't write it down. I'm trying Hold to on, real quick. If you do go for that picture opportunity, mm-hmm. I want you to wear a shirt that said, remember that time Obi-Wan had the high ground. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want you to do. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to make Hayden mad. <laughs> So yeah, I'm one of those people that think Hayden Christensen's actually a very good actor and was kind of kind of underutilized by Hollywood. Oh, he's a great actor. I yeah. just don't think the scripts in the prequel trilogy did him justice. He's a great actor. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. the most publicized and popular thing he did didn't show off his his talent, but I think it's there 100. Yeah. percent And I'm hoping and I'm counting on this that in Obi Wan Kenobi. He does such a great job that they're gonna they're gonna give him a Vader spinoff series. Oh man! Disney Plus. Yeah, him hunting down Jedi would be so sweet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I, I, wanted, I wish they made a sequel to his movie Looper. I re- not Looper. Um, Jumper. Remember Jumper? Yeah, Jumper. Jumper. Yeah. yeah, I love Jumper. That was good. Yeah, I watched that several times as well, and I really liked Life as a House. I don't know if you saw that with Kevin. I did. Klein. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I like that movie. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, as yeah. soon as they as soon as they announced him, that was the first thing that came out, and I was like, I gotta check out what this guy has, and if he has any chops at all. And he, he he had a really good acting performance. So, yeah, I think there's one more thing that came out. I can't, I didn't write it down. I don't remember exactly. See, there was the Leia news, uh, Sun Kang, and there's all kinds of rumors and speculation on uh, on obi-wan kenobi right now the fact that the inquisitors are going to show up um and of course the Leia is thing. that scheduled to be released beginning of next year do we have a date on that yet we don't have a hard date on it yet uh but the assumption is obi-wan kenobi is is probably gonna obi-wan kenobi might be about to air um right after celebration so Hopefully they like show us the first episode or something like that in the panel. The Obi-Wan Kenobi series is going to be the big thing at Celebration 2022 next year. So, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, yeah. I'm People still screaming for George Lucas to come back. That's always a rumor. Yeah, we've addressed that on the podcast, how people will go to certain websites and say, hey, look, see, look, he's coming back. He's He's going to direct, but it seems like George Lucas has clearly stated that he's kind of done with that part of his life. I mean, it, it, it takes so long to do these things and absorb so much time to but actually. I, I would like him. I would like them to just show him respect and say, "Hey, you know, like people like Filoni and John Favreau will have that type of sway on them, saying, hey, would you like to come in and direct an episode of Mandalorian or Obi-Wan or contribute to the story at least and, and get his, just have him like, you know, like having the Hall of Famer come in and, and just come in and, and contribute one way, you know, do something right, like right. that. That that right. would be so cool to say 
just to see once directed by George Lucas or written by George Lucas, you know, so, something that he can just come in and, and kill it for a couple of weeks and then get out, you know, cause I know that it's, it, it's, ex- you know, he complained about how exhausting it is to, you know, write and direct and all that kind of stuff. But uh, it would just be nice for him to come in and, you know, um, just be part of star Wars one more time, you know? Yeah, it's not to say that they haven't asked. I think he's probably turned them down. Um, he's done the set visits. He's right. visited the set of Solo. He visited the Mandalorian, of course. There's the famous picture there yeah. of him holding Grogu for the first time. And yeah, kind of speaking of George Lucas, he was actually spotted in Chicago. And I, I think saw it was, that picture. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's right here. Yep. So it's the immersive Van Gogh exhibit in Chicago. He spends a lot of time in Chicago. Um, that's yeah, where his wife is from. That's why. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And that's so, where he tried to get the Lucas Museum. Right. And that just became a big fiasco, and now it's going to be in California. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. He was. That's a, that's a billionaire right there. Right there. That guy right there. <laughs> he's he's got over a billion dollars. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is the truth. I thought it was a cosplayer when I first saw that. <laughs> like, is that really George? <laughs> well, I mean, this picture provides so many cosplay opportunities. I'm just here waiting for my left. <laughs> <laughs> Take me over to the big silver bean. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. To, to run into George Lucas. I mean, what would you say? What would you do? I mean, would you... I would, uh, I, yes, I would say um, thank you for uh, um, thank you for making uh, Star Wars and being a big part of my life. Um, can I have a selfie? <laughs> <laughs> and if you would say no, I'd say too late. Too late. <laughs> yeah, so you ran to see him and you say, "Can you please sign these action figures?" That I, I wouldn't. Ha- <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I, I, a picture. A picture is fine, but I would. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be one of those guys, but unless he was like doing it for fans already, yeah. I wouldn't do it. I just, I wanted to, th- I would just say, I want to thank you, George, for uh, um, your sight, your insight, your vision and uh, doing it your way and yeah. um, hopefully get a picture with him. So. Yeah, I, I would approach him too, totally. And, and thank him and hopefully try and get a selfie, but uh... <laughs> Yeah, I just I just don't want to be pushy. I I, I would I would totally want to respect his his privacy and his. If face. I was there on the side of the street and I saw him standing there, I would totally approach him. I totally would. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like he had security around him or anything, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it might have been a photo op for this Van Gogh exhibit that's traveling around the world. I mean, right? It's it's their site. It almost looks like they asked him, "Hey, George, let's take a picture," and no smiling. Yep. Just <laughs> I'm here. Take it. So, yeah. Funny. And yeah, I think that's it for this week. Thank you so much, Kevin, for joining the podcast. Thank, and thanks like for I having me before, on, dude. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Your knowledge is great. You're a great podcaster. And thanks, um man. tell people where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on the Fandom Podcast Network. Our master feed is at fpnet.podbean.com. Fandom Podcast Network is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, uh, check us out there. And also you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Spartan underscore Phoenix. All right. Awesome. Thank you, everyone. May the force be with you. And with you.